You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. So welcome back, everybody. It's the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, and I've got an amazing guest today. Uh, He's a storytelling and business coach, conversationist, speaker, and course creator, and also the um, host of the Design Your Thinking Podcast, which I believe has had over 250,000 downloads now. So welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, Kartik. Thanks, Robin. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. So I never like to ask the boring question of kind of tell us about Kartik. So we're going to, we're going to kick things off just with a, um, uh, a bit of a left field question, but let's do this. Uh, so talk to us about your design, your thinking podcast. Like where did, where did the idea for that come from and how did you get into it? Sure. Uh, you know, I started this about three years back. Uh, actually we'll be celebrating the third anniversary 17th of, uh, October this year. So congratulations uh, years back in 2016 and it started by accident. It was not, uh, it was not a planned uh, thing. I was on a career break, interestingly, and, uh, I worked for 15, 15 years by then. And then I thought, okay, you need to take a break and, and see, you know, smell the roses. <laughs> then I started this show and uh, yeah, it was by accident. I had a blog before that and uh, I used to talk, you know, I spent 15 years uh, in, the, in, the, in the space of creating products and designing products. Uh, you know, all those terms like design thinking, product management and all of that. And I had a blog going on, um, which just started uh, in, October of previous year. So by the time, you know, I'd like, uh, I had written a couple of eBooks. One of them actually was heavily downloaded. So I was asking this question, what should I, what should I be doing now? So, uh, you know, I had, well, when I say accident, I did want to start a podcast. So I was like traveling heavily between, I'm based in India and Bangalore, and I used to travel heavily between India and uh, the Bay area and in the U S every other, every month. In fact, I used to be in the Bay area. So, I so happened to be a lot of podcasting groups uh, or where podcasters got together and to talk about podcasting. So, um, you know, I had picked up all the equipment and all of that by then. So when I was in this break, uh, I realized my ebook was downloaded like over a thousand times in, in three months. And that kind of gave me a few indicators. So what should I be doing? And then I, you know, after a lot of uh, thinking, I said, okay, let's start a podcast. And I reached out to my, uh, my email list. By then I had built an email list of over a thousand, thousand, two hundred people. Uh, and I asked them, what should I be doing? If I started a podcast, would you listen to it? So they said, yes. And I, uh, I asked them, what are the topics that you'd be interested in? I got about 300 note responses. Uh, the rest of them did give some, some idea. So I just started off with the show. So the show originally was talking about product creators, entrepreneurs, uh, creating products. And uh, we focused heavily on, on what I used to call as a product mindset back then. Because one of the things I saw a lot of people do is, uh, <clears throat> you know, try to develop products without having any idea as to what are doing. So one of the uh, whole idea was to simplify or try to end up with something that we call as a product mindset. So that was the season one. It went on for a year and then I took a pause 
because I started to see myself more as an entrepreneur than a product creator back then, uh, you know, I, by the time, because I was, I was no longer working for a full-time job and, uh, and there you go. So I took, a, uh, I took a little while to actually think through what I really want to focus on. Should I go back to my day job or whatever it is by that time? In fact, interestingly about, uh, four, 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 a little over four, say, four to five months since I started the podcast, I started to get, uh, you know, gigs for talking and doing workshops and uh, and all of those uh, things, which came from my uh, listeners. Uh, so I started doing that. So again, you know, I had to take some time to understand if I really wanted to do more of that or go back and do a full-time job. And uh, yeah, I decided to stay back and uh, do more of this. I started doing more of talking and workshops and consulting. And, uh, and season two, I started uh, again a year. I took a year's break. So year's break and started season two. In season two, where we've been talking to entrepreneurs, creatives, and uh, non-conformists because primarily I was wanting to talk to more people who are like me, who, who, who just have gone against uh, popular beliefs. So, so here, here I am. <laughs> let's, um, I tell you what, you've got me curious now. Let's, let's dig into those, um, those popular beliefs and, and how you've kind of gone against them because I'm kind of similar. I, we have, I know that from when we spoke on your, your podcast, we have similar sorts of values and thoughts on the education system and the opportunities which are available to people nowadays. So talk to me about kind of like why you felt you had to be a nonconformist yourself. Well, I, I don't think I, I felt com- compelled to be a nonconformist. I think I've been that way uh, in general. Uh, forever, I, I've been somebody who never thought too much about what's written as rules or, or whatever it is, or processes, just went with my gut feeling. Sometimes there were things I just did because I believed in it. Some of them, of course, worked out. Some, some of them didn't work out. But end of the day, I always believed that no matter what you do, so long as you learn something from it, it's a success and just move on. Uh, so, so yeah, I think I, I, I started to see uh, increasingly uh, that, uh, that I was not meant to be somebody who fits into a, a, a certain role or a designation. That's why when you asked me before the interview as to what you want me to call, well, I keep changing on, on, even on LinkedIn because on, on, on a certain day, I think I should call myself a business coach, but, but Hey, I, I don't, uh, I don't fit into that necessarily there are other pockets of buckets that i can actually fit myself into so so yeah i i think i'm generally somebody who can identify with with somebody who doesn't fit into one or the other i think the rest of the conversation will reveal why exactly i'm saying that perhaps (laughs) well i mean let's 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 get stuck into that because um you know we were we were chatting beforehand about sort of um how how to have deeper meaning not not more meaningful but how to have deeper conversations and actually there's a process which you take um you helped me go through it when i was a guest on your podcast and obviously i think a lot just the just so the the viewers and listeners are aware obviously a great deal of what we're going to be talking about today is actually the um how to kind of um build stories up uh in order to kind of get the most out of things like podcast interviews and if you were thinking about running your own podcast you know certainly this is um this is kartik's domain but I'm interested to know, to know a little bit more about you have three steps um, for 
sort of galvanizing deeper conversations. So can we, can we talk through those three steps? And this might be useful to, for people to hear because it doesn't, it's not just useful for podcasts or in the business world. I think this has um, much deeper sort of, um, you know, you can use it in your personal life as well, I think, when you're trying to speak to people and find out a bit more about them. So, so what are the three steps for deeper conversations? Well, um, you know, in one word, uh, it's all built on one term, which is contrast. And I think we all love contrast. And uh, that's, that's how we kind of perceive what, whatever is around us. And that's built on that. I mean, it's a process that I call this a hot, cold, hot uh, process and for the want of a better term, I think I I I, ch- I prefer to use hot cold hot because of the very nature of the two uh, fe- the feeling that you have when you feel a hot and a cold. So essentially, um, <clears throat> this started my interviews that I've done. I've done over two hundred interviews by now, and uh, <clears throat> every single like every single time I spoke, the the uh, the you know, I, I always sat down and under, I'd look back and see, I started to see how I could make this conversation better. And every single time what I, uh, what I realized is whenever the conversation is uh, going in one single plane, it, it comes across as uh, boring or, 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 you know, there is no change in variation. So I started to realize that there needs to be contrast. Now, there are so many different ways of actually building in contrast and the the process that works for me. And uh, now I've been kind of using it for my clients and uh, my students as well is uh, what I call as, like I said, hot, cold, hot. Essentially uh, imagine this, that you step into a shower, you, you're having hot water and then you're enjoying the shower. And then in a few minutes, for some reason, the water turns super cold. It's like chilling water on your head. Your body is suddenly numbed with coldness. And then suddenly whatever happens and the hot water comes back. How do you really feel? You start jumping out when, when you have the cold water on you and then you feel again good and you come kind of settle back into uh, continuing with the shower. So that's the whole idea with the hot, cold, hot. Um, so I have used this ever since I discovered this, the idea that contrast works like this. Uh, you know, I've been using this for uh, my podcast interviews and I've used it uh even in even in places where I like, for example, you know, I'm an introvert, though I can speak when somebody asks a question and uh, when I'm interviewing people. Uh, if you find me in a conference and if you find me anywhere for that matter, uh, I would not be the first person to come and shake hands and say hi. So I would like wait for uh, for somebody to come and uh, pull me into a conversation. So for somebody like me, what I started to see is uh, every time I got into a conversation, uh, how do you know the question I asked myself is how can I actually make myself interesting? Because that was the biggest uh, you know uh, in the imposter syndrome, so to speak. You know, I'm, I'm probably I'm too boring for somebody else to listen to. So again, I started to use the same technique and unknowingly again, but I think the whole idea is uh, hot, cold, hot necessarily is not not just about, I, I, I think we can use it in so many different ways. In in the case of uh, conference, for, exa- for instance, you're in, a, you're in a break and then there are people in the corridor with the coffees and, and biscuits or whatever it is. And then you you realize that you need to make yourself, uh, you know, you just need to join a crowd or there's somebody standing and you want to talk. The whole idea here is to go there and start to approach them with a topic that um, that you just started, you came out of a talk, perhaps you start talking about that, but then keep changing the topic into into topics that's more interesting to the person, as you understand, and 
and don't use uh, don't go from one topic to the other which are very similar um change the topic so much that they it actually evokes uh, a response or people start to think uh i, I or for example if if there is something that you uh, i can actually uh, give us an example the best example to uh, for you is to go and listen to one of my episodes uh the way i kind of structure my out, outline my show or structure my questions is primarily based on this concept so i kind of we go to through journey and then i flip in flip from a comfortable question to a very uncomfortable question and uh, that kind of uh you know brings in the contrast and people start to open up and uh what i realized you know uh kalfasman who's uh, who's one of my favorite uh, podcasters or rather he's my favorite interviewers and um he has a podcast going and he talks about this as well uh you know the way you start a conversation uh the best way to start a conversation is by going to the heart so you ask a heart question that's what he says so ask something very uh that's very near from an emotion perspective to the person and then take it from there now again this is kind of built around the same lines I'll, i can keep going with this i don't know that <laughs> i got a question actually for you right you've done 200 interviews um you must have had um some good ones some okay ones and some terrible ones yeah. i'm going to i'm going to pin you down like what was it that made the terrible ones stand out from the good one i hope you're not going to use me as an example here kartik but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but what what um, you must have had some bad bad interviews like where, where do you think interviews go wrong where do you think storytelling kind of breaks down well uh one is uh not having clarity in terms of what you want to bring out of that interview i think the goal of the interview is something that uh whenever i've not had a goal i think that's kind of completely uh you know spoiled an interview because you just go everywhere and uh, don't focus on one point this there there is this problem of like i said um it's also perhaps you don't have a goal i don't know but then when the conversation is monotonous uh it kind of gets a little boring yeah and it, and if you had um if you had some advice so i i'm thinking about kind of the coaches and consultants that we got you know listening into this uh, maybe watching the facebook live um because like if you were to launch a your podcast a hard work like i'm not going to lie i you know the fearless business podcast i didn't launch it that long ago yours has been going for sort of 3 years now but there must have been a point when you launched your podcast as well and you're thinking oh goodness like why why am i doing this like what what am i going to get out of this and it's kind of like there's that blindly kind of going you know going out there into the ether on this mission that we're going to do this podcast and you know build up to 100 200 plus interviews um but what what was the tipping point for you well i uh, i think um i had that coming in so many times in fact uh, i still remember the first interview uh, you know the first very first episode i re-recorded and re-edited the episode uh, you know um, i kept a count till 150 i think it's gone all the way to 300 times uh, you know i i re-edited the show just because i didn't like my voice uh you know that's the, that's the first time i sound, i heard myself on a microphone i just hated my voice and uh, ever since that point i think 13 or 14 shows in i i almost reached a point that where i told myself i think this is good good enough you know i st- i did this for a for for a trial maybe I, let me just stop doing this and around the same time i started to uh, get appreciation mails from listeners and uh, i still remember it was the I don't know, 23rd episode, I don't remember. Around that time is when I actually got this first mail saying that, hey, can you come and uh, 
you know, do a workshop and give a talk at our uh, company. And uh, this was a big company, we all know. But I think the, uh, the, the, that changed, that changed the whole way I looked at podcasts itself. Though I started to enjoy doing podcasts, uh, the, the time, you know, you, you rightly said that there's so much of work that goes in. There is editing, there is publishing, there is like, I did have people listening in, but I think the, the challenge was doing the, 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 chunk, of the, the chunk of the dirty work. Uh, and that was taking a toll on me. And I was like thinking so many times, but when I heard from this person and I actually went and spoke at the company and, and I had a bunch of more listeners coming in. And, um, and from that company, I had one, someone else uh, refer to some friend, whatever it is. And, slowly I started to build something that I never looked forward to doing on the first place. Well, I, I did want it to happen. I didn't know it could happen. So to me, podcast is, is a, involves a lot of dirty work, but I think what really matters is end of the day, the way it kind of lets you connect with other people in your niche or your business, whoever your uh, audience is, or your, your potential or prospective client base is, is phenomenal. I mean, if you can just focus on creating good content, I think it takes you places. And, um, and there are, there are ways you can actually offload this dirty work. You know, uh, I started to do that recently, uh, though not willingly, but then just because of time, I started to, uh, you know, offload a little bit of my work to, uh, there are people who can do the editing for you and all of that. So it's a matter of, you know, the tipping point comes at different levels. One is the tipping point for you to feel you when you feel like, you know, stopping, uh, stopping uh, the podcast itself. Then the tipping point comes where you actually want to decide between doing it all yourself or, off, you know, offloading all of that and outsourcing all of that. So well, I, think, I think as well, like, you know, what, what resonates there, I think, for a lot of small business owners is, is this whole um, notion that kind of the internet has made everything like super easy. Um, you know, global marketplace has got all these tools and things at our fingertips. And I, this is something I talk about quite a lot. But, um, you know, I, right. I started building websites back in the early 2000s, you know, when Facebook only just came about in 2004. And I'd already built my first website at that point. You know, Instagram didn't exist. YouTube was terrible because like people video and streaming the bandwidth just wasn't there it's like poor quality snapchat didn't exist and all these other apps just didn't exist and and like now we've got there's there's so many different ways that we can go about kind of spreading our word basically about our businesses and but there's this common misconception which goes with it is because the internet's out there that actually this whole um internet marketing thing as a small business owner is really easy but actually it's made it super easy to start a business up and there are 10 times the number of businesses as there were sort of um you know even 30 years ago before the internet age started which means actually it's 10 times harder to get found and so i'm glad that you said that your your tipping point came sort of you know were 10 to 15 episodes in when you were editing it, but 23 episodes in before you got that sort of that first, you know, email and, and work wow. opportunity out of it. Um, I, so that, so that company and, got you to do it. A- enough, if you actually look at the numbers, you know, you know, I did a recent talk and I pulled out these numbers and, uh, and I, I was surprised to see there are over 440 million blogs today. Wow. Better that, that to about 770,000 podcasts. That's like, 
skewed parity. So there is no reason that you probably don't want to do this because, and of the 770,000 plus, you know, at least a few years back when I last looked at it, the number of podcasts that, that kind of are not active, we call them as pot faded. They are, they were over 2000, 250,000. I don't know what the number is now. So the actual active podcasts are less than 500,000. And just look at the number of blogs and versus this, and then Google is started to um, has you know started to kind of um, uh, crawl podcasts uh, early from early this year. So there's no reason why why you should not do it, and especially uh, to talk to your point about getting discovered. I think this is the best way for you to get discovered. Agreed. There is a lot of hard work going in behind the scenes, but it's worth it. Absolutely. And you mentioned about, so the first workshop, which you did for that, that company, and was that with, with, with a view to them actually setting up their own podcast then no. or more, no. more than one employee within their business? No, 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 not at all. This is like a, a company that, you know, this is a very big company, but I think the, the way I got pulled in was a little funny because I, I have this website name, which, which is a little funny. It's called design your thinking. And the whole idea of the name is to to say that you can change the way you think. But there is a similar term called design thinking in the world I come from in the past. And my first workshop was something that I got pulled in because the person thought I'm a, I'm a design thinking expert. And they wanted, to, wanted me to come in and do a session on a workshop on design thinking. And well, it's not coincidence that... I was an expert with design thinking. So I did a workshop on design thinking, but I think it's a, it's a funny thing how people kind of mis, misread you, you know, kind of read the name wrong and get things wrong. Yeah. But it, it also goes to show that like being able to being, being a good human being and being, being able to kind of break down those barriers and speak to people is also actually like the relationship side of things is still live and kicking. Like the amount of times people want to set up like automated, like funnels and click funnels and whizzy systems and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, no, just get out there and speak to people. It's like the best way to do business. Right. <laughs> and the best, right, what right. better than a podcast and video and all sorts of fun stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It, your story reminded me actually about um, uh, when um, I first got into doing videos on the coaching side of things. And I think my first 30 or 40 videos, it was for online business startup, actually, that book. Mm-hmm. Um, they were awful. I, I watch them back now and I kind of cringe a little bit, you know, and I, I kind of, it was before when I thought that business was about wearing a smart shirt, you know, and right clip shoes and all those sorts of things. Whereas, you know, right. now it's just like, now I've realized actually it's more important just to be me right. and, and right. share that side of me. So, right. you know, what, what, um, uh, what, what advice can you, can you give to somebody who's maybe thinking about kind of, um, that they're starting out in business, uh, and the way that they are potentially thinking at the moment, how can they, how can they design their thinking differently to, um, sort of get more success out of, uh, the activities they're doing to grow their business? I think uh, go with the open mindset. Uh, the, 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 the more you fixate yourself into doing one thing, you miss out so many other opportunities that come your way, which, I mean, in my little experience, uh, you know, I've not run a business for the last 15 years like you, but then, but then I have done something in the last three years from which I realized that if you fixate yourself early on, then you lose a ton of opportunities that come your way. It happened to me uh, multiple times ever since it first happened three years back. But I think, don't fixate yourself. Have just be 
open and more importantly, I think start to connect with people. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I believe that today, no matter your B2B or B2C, you are in a P2P world, which is people to people and every business is people to people. So long as you are, you, you understand that reality and just like what we're doing right now, you're in the UK, I'm here in India. There's no way, I don't know, I, at least I can't imagine there, is, there to be a way for us to connect unless or until you were on my show or, you know, I was on your show. And it gives, it gives such a great, I mean, unlike any other form of, uh, you know, meeting people or, or networking, it could be a, a networking event or a conference. This is like, you are put in as an authority and things change. It's like equivalent to writing a book. So, well, so coming back to the advice, I think just go with an open mind. If you're early on starting a business, be, have an open mind, look for opportunities. I think opportunities comes in various different shapes and forms. Uh, just look around for one. Cool. And in terms of, um, you know, we, you talked about the hot, cold, hot here, but how, how, do you, how do you really kind of, you, I mean, you've obviously interviewed a lot of people now. How, how do you get people sort of really comfortable when you're talking to them? Well, I, I, I really uh, took uh, Cal Fussman's advice to heart. <laughs> Start with your heart. Go, go for the heart. That's what he says. Some, something like that. So he says, start with a question to the heart and then go elsewhere from that, that point on. But I think to get someone comfortable, uh, the way I do it on, on the show, Robin, uh, and you know this, is, you know, we, we kind of get into something that's very personal to you. I, you know, so a question that I love asking is, you know, tell me something about yourself that you've, none of the, uh, nobody that you know uh, knows about, you know. Uh, so that's, Questions like that or questions that uh, about your, you know, asking you to talk about yourself. Now, these are great questions because who doesn't like to talk about themselves? Absolutely. You know? And who doesn't want to talk about anything they did uh, yesterday? Like, what did you have for, uh, for breakfast in the morning? If it's a morning conversation, you know, you can sip your tea and ask what, what are you sipping or whatever it is. I think get, get to a point where you get, uh, you start with a question or a bunch of questions that gets people talking more about themselves because I, I love to get people to talk about themselves. So at what point did you, did, 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 did you decide that um, design your thinking and the podcast and the workshops, which you're delivering now, what point did you decide over the last three years? No, this is it. This is, this is now what I'm going to focus on. Good question. Uh, <clears throat> it, it actually came much later uh, because I was doing uh, my workshops you know, product workshops and design thinking workshops well until mid, uh, late last year. And it was getting me good money. So why not do it? So I was always doing that. And I was, I did a few, uh, quite a few speaking gigs um, too. You know, I, I, I published a manifesto uh, last year and I've been speaking on that topic as well. And that kind of started uh, getting me thinking like, why should I fixate myself on something that I've, done in the past and this manifesto that I wrote, uh, which is all about telling people why you should follow your heart. And uh, when that kind of started to click with people, why not do something around that? And that's when I started to think, what else can I actually do in my life? Because 15 years I've been doing this and then now uh, 16, 17 years. Now the 18th year, what can I do differently? And then I realized podcasting and, and I've been doing so many interviews connected 
myself to so many different people of different levels of authority and thought this is a great way to a uh, great place to be. And it's around the same time that uh, I was having a similar conversation, like, you know, with someone after a, uh, after a talk that I gave and I was telling them about what was going on in my mind. And they said, Hey, by the way, can you help us create our podcast? Like bingo things started. So again, you know, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed doing this. I think I, I just, I love talking to people, trying to ask questions and just, I feel so enlightened at uh, end of a conversation. So I realized this is a great place to be and great thing to help people do too, because it's magical. But yeah, it happened a, a year back, I would say. There's, um, it's reminded me, there's a story, uh, a book, sorry. Um, I think it's called The Surrender Experiment. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no, but I it's, haven't. It's really fascinating because uh, it talks about, the author talks about his journey. He was um, a very spiritual guy, got into um, yoga and ended up, all he wanted to do was um, like go out and start up a, um, I don't know what you call it, but he, like a yoga retreat basically. And he wanted to just mm-hmm. go and hide in the woods and do yoga all day long. And that was it. So he's this yogi, <laughs> yogi guy. And then, then people just started coming up to his, um, he built this like temple out in the woods and people started right. coming to, to use that and like for, for their their yoga retreats and things and he, he was kind of like I just want to be on my own so he'd, he'd there'd be like 100 people downstairs doing yoga and he'd just be upstairs in his room like doing yoga on his own he just wanted to be on his own right and I don't know how it came about but he ended up um, his whole thing was about this surrender experiment. He's just like, oh, well, I'll just let people come in. I'll just let people come into my life and it develops and then next thing you know they end up building like a church like they found a church out by this yoga, this yoga school now as it is. And, and then somebody comes in and says, Oh, well, how did you like, I love the architecture that you built, you know, you used to build the church with, could you come and build an extension on my house? So he goes and does that. Then somebody says, Oh, I love, I love the process, which he went through to, and he ends up like getting into software and and built, I can't remember the name of the software. It's like a really critical part of the story, but, um, um, but he ends up getting into software development and, and it was like a, it's like an order processing software or invoicing software or something like that it became one of the biggest in the U S. Um, and so now he's running a software business and this whole book is just about this journey that this guy just ended up kind of falling into and just everything, every time somebody said, came to him and said, Oh, could you do this for me? He'd be like, yeah, sure. He like he had, he had this thing where he had to say yes, right. Right. and it and it he ended up following this incredibly like fulfilling life. And there was just something in the story you just told us right. then about right. um, kind of just following your heart, which I really like. This you, this journey it's it's evolving, and people are coming and asking you for help, and you're just helping them, and we'll just see where this goes. Right, right, and and and, and you all, you also need to be mindful of um, you know where you help. So. You know, I could have helped in so many different ways, but I think you just want to know if this is going to give, make you happy. And uh, of course, uh, I was on a career break to begin with. So I, I really didn't, didn't mind doing a lot of things that I did on in year one. But I think uh, what I learned over, uh, you know, in, in the due course of time was to understand what I pick and what I don't pick, because I have picked a few things that I probably wouldn't have wanted to do even, even as one-off. But yeah, but I totally like that uh, surrender experiment that you talked about. It's it's a fantastic book, mate. It's a great audio book if you get a chance to listen to it. Um, right, we're, we're kind of drawing to a close. I've got sort of two or three questions which are quite pertinent. But kind of what's what's next on the agenda for Karthik? Uh Well, uh, I've you know I've been uh, 
I have a free course on my website, which uh, which on on podcasting that I started about um, I don't know how many months now, eight nine months back. But I think uh, over a period in time, I started to uh, teach. You know, people started ask me uh, if I can teach more. I started a course in podcasting, and then and that's something that I've been working on. But I think what I realized in the uh, you know in the recent times is about three months back. Uh, you know, I started to uh, ha- you know. I started to see a, a big chunk of people from a big bunch of people from South Africa listen to to the show, and there were so many people from from nowhere. I have, I don't know how they found my show, but I think they started to listen. And uh, you know, my course pricing and stuff didn't really work out for them. There were three or four people who reached out to say, "Hey, Karthik, this is the this 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 is a course I want to take, but it's too expensive." And it actually got me thinking, uh, you know, uh, I've always, you know, my students are primarily in the US and UK and Europe you know, by by large. But I think sitting in India, nobody wants to buy a course that's priced at the price point I have. So, and uh, I've always thought about it. But then when these people from South Africa asked me, I was like, it got me thinking. So in the recent times, like about, it's been a month now uh, that I started to create smaller chunks of the bigger course, you know, the most important chunks and then, and make them super effective and put them out at a price point that anybody could actually pick up and start a podcast. There are different ways, right? That's what I realized. Not, no, not everybody wants help to do all of it. You know, some want to find out what topic they want to pick. Some want to do better editing. Some want to do better interviewing, so on and so forth. So I started to launch a bunch of smaller uh courses, mini courses, uh, if you want to call them that way, uh, which is something that I've been spending a lot of time. Like I said, now it's been the fifth week and uh, did one launch, went on really well. And I'm creating more such smaller chunks of courses, which I, frankly I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm loving the, uh, the whole art of teaching people uh, and trying to think how differently can I actually teach something. Uh, and you know, this whole pricing thing got me really interested. So I'm also kind of thinking what I can do to actually help more people who can't even afford, afford this course, I'm kind of contemplating over doing buy one, give, give one free, something like that. But yeah, that's what I'm kind of right now thinking about. Uh, want to make money and do good too. Well, you could you could almost do it like a. a this is just an idea. If it's okay to give you some feedback, Kartik, this is what I do. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, you you could um, you could also like you know if you've got clients in the states in America, you could have like a scholarship scheme so that for every one person that buys it in, in it, yeah. you know the US UK, you could give it to somebody in India. I don't know. Could, right. could be an opportunity there. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, you know the, the whole uh, idea of Tom shoes is what kind of has been running my mind. So seeing what I can do here, but yeah, well, any, any feedback is welcome. I'm sure I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure I was chatting to somebody as well who had different price points depending on where they came to from the world. They just had a, a, a right. like a relative local price point. Right, and I, you know, I've been thinking about that too. But I, but then again, how do you do it? The mechanics of doing it is one side. The other side is the intention. My intention is very clear. I want to. I mean, there is no it. reason why someone, why someone who can't afford cannot learn. Yeah. So uh, you know, I have to do that. At the same time, uh, you know be good to people who are actually paying the higher price. 
So, so yeah, that's what you, so you asked me, what am I right now thinking about? The, these are the thoughts that's running inside my head. Uh, cool. And how can, um, if somebody's interested to maybe take a look at your course, I'm sure they will be. Um, how can they find it? How can they find you and get hold of you as well? Well, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you can jump on my email list. Uh, you know, I've not tried uh, putting the course out, meaning, you know, for open for subscription. So you can jump on my email list uh, at designyourthinking.com and uh, and you can try the free course. In fact, uh, designyourthinking.com slash free, free hyphen course. If you go there, then uh, you can sign up for the free course and see what is there. And then, you know, I when, when we open uh, the... the, the the enrollments for the following uh, batches, then you'll get notified and you can join. Hey, so we'll, we'll pop a, if it's okay with you, Kartik, we'll pop a link up there to the, so it's designyourthinking.com forward slash free hyphen course. So yeah. we'll pop, yep, yeah, we'll pop that up there into the show notes as well. So um, to, to finish up, we always have a, a same question, which I ask all of my um, guests on the show. So we, um, we stood outside the Fearless Business Time Machine and we're going to hop into it and we're going to turn the clock back 10 years. So what, um, what advice would you have given Kartik minus 10 years? I would have just told him, go ahead and follow your heart because, uh, you know, I, I, started a, I, I started with a startup out of college in 2000. I, you know, back then in India uh, and most part of the world, entrepreneurship was not a big thing. And people said, hey, I mean, forget people. I think my own parents told me, you need to find a job. And I start, it was, it was the, the revenue positive company I had to shut it down, uh, throw away the product and all of that, give it for free and went on, started working for companies. So 10 years back or even 20 years back, I would have told him, hey, go ahead and do it. There's nothing bad in doing what you believe in doing. I think that's what I would have told myself. Awesome. That's such a great piece of advice. Um, listen, Kartik, we've got to wrap things up there now. You've been um, very generous with your insights in terms of from a podcasting perspective, how to have good conversations. And I loved your comments about um, it being people to people. That's exactly the economy which we work in today. So um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you ever so much for coming on to the Fearless Business Podcast. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate it. 